you just uh, so what should we talk about first, listeners or Jujutsu Kaisen, which is the two anime that have so, uh, kind of fallen into our lap pleasantly. Yeah, I I think that I'd like to say, uh, ah, well, see, there wasn't much meat really with listeners. There really um, wasn't. I was kind of uh, let down a little bit in a way. A little bit, yeah, yeah. I feel. I feel. Let's let's go ahead and talk about listeners okay. then, because because we'll t- we'll save the meat for Jujutsu Senkai. <laughs> I swear to God. I, I, I got it right that time. I, you did not. You said it backwards. What? <laughs> I thought that was the joke. What? No, no. You said no, Senkai. I, is it is it Kaisen? It's Kaisen. I said it Kaisen right before on. you just said it. Sen- no. I, swear, I thought I thought that was the joke. It was a joke. It, it was it was totally a joke. Yeah. You, ha, 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 you ha, ha, ha. are a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm in freaking disbelief that, that just happened. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, the yeah we'll talk about that one later. <laughs> yeah, because we're gonna talk about seven episodes of that because you got caught up yeah. on it. Uh, mm-hmm. We're just gonna be talking about the fifth episode of listeners, and we were thinking that this was gonna be probably a little bigger than it was or feel a little more epic just because it's yeah. you know, uh, the Prince reference episode, but it was kind of, he's sort of like a narrator throughout it. It's very much still about Mew and uh, Echo, which I did like mm-hmm. their story there. Yes, I did. I, 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 I take issue with the kind of off screen setup that they explained after the fact. I'm like, just show that. But it yeah. was, it was kind of funny, I guess it's kind of a humorous setup, but. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, for us to say that we were, like, let down, that's not to speak to a lack of quality or anything like that. No, it was a good just, episode. It didn't meet our expectations. It was, it was, it was more laid back <laughs> than I was expecting. I was expecting mm-hmm. it to be, like, kind of, you know, an, another big epic episode, uh, kind of like mm-hmm. 3 was. <clears throat> did you find that the audio mixing during the fight was a little weird? I did. Uh, okay. In fact, it seemed like the sound effects were down way too low. You c- you couldn't yes. really hear what the robots were doing. Yeah, you couldn't hear any punch. Yeah, that that final punch at the end, uh, I I mm-hmm. straight up didn't hear it. So it was kind of like oh, uh, and it didn't like yeah. sync up with the music to kind of replace it. So yeah, that it's wasn't like you great. can you can either you can either just have background music or you can have uh like music that that hits for the the sound effect. Yeah. Like, and I think that would, this would be the show to do that. Mm-hmm. I think it was an issue of mixing though. Like I think, yeah. uh, there probably was a sound effect there. We, you just can't hear it very clearly. <clears throat> yeah. Which is a shame. That means, that means in the 11th hour, something went wrong. But, uh, I, I think I, I liked the uh, the information we got, and I liked the way it was presented. Mm-hmm. As you're you're kind of getting it from, uh, what would you call him? Which, by the way, what was his name? Uh oh, gosh, I remember looking it up. I just um, like it, it was in my head. I had it rem- memorized, and now I've forgotten. I do this. It started with a D, didn't it? Denka. Denka. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Um. You kind of get. They also called him. Was it Mister Kid or Mister Kit? I I couldn't I couldn't tell. Okay. Uh, yeah, I th- I think it could have been Kid. Sound like it might have been Mister Kid, but yeah. 
uh, his like alter ego or whatever. They were talking yeah. about. Uh, he's kind of going in and out of the story as like two different characters while also sort of working as the narrator and the uh, the expositor. So this was definitely kind of he wasn't he wasn't like the the character of this episode he was almost like the presenter on both sides yes. like he was being sort of like a mentor uh but he was like revealing the twist which is like Mew is uh Jimmy's younger sister which mm-hmm. we had to assume there was some kind of connection because they look a lot alike <clears throat> yes in fact I'd like I was thinking daughter but yeah. there was not enough of a gap of time. Yeah, if it, on this episode, I think you kind of find out that there's a shorter gap of time than I thought there was. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But they also reveal that the, the pendant she has is the same pendant, not a similar one. Mm-hmm. And they got her name from the symbol on the pendant. So, mm-hmm. that's probably not her name, since it was previously Jimmy's. So eventually, we're probably going to find out her real name. <clears throat> yeah. But I, I really like one thing that they keep building up when they, like, uh, uh, Danka said this when he saw it, but it was like, that thing was always yours. Like, it wasn't really okay. Jimmy's. Like, mm. that was yours. And I think that they've said, like, that in almost, like, every episode with the players, because, like, in the last episode, uh, Baylin and, um, I can't remember the other guy's name, but they were, they were saying, like, it's so much brighter than his ever was. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So like there's the kind of the idea that, uh, Jimmy, who was like this, this urban legend, essentially the thing he was using was not even his. So like she has the potential to make it like more useful or whatever. But I, I think, okay. So the most interesting part about her being his younger sister mm-hmm. and also the, the kind of reveal that uh, I'm like, oh man, this is definitely, this was definitely the right pick because everyone else was trying to destroy the earless to kind of like get mm-hmm. rid of him forever. And Jimmy's trying to save them. Yep. So I was like, okay, so that's why some people say he's a terrorist <laughs> because you know, He's putting everyone at risk by trying to save the bad guys. Yeah. I and I am super excited for that perspective. Yes. And I I, I liked the kind of I, I like when stories from the past are told in this kind of like really grand way from a person who was there. So you're like mm-hmm. the person who's there, he's not demystifying it. He's actually like remystifying it. Like, yeah, but it was the way he <laughs> experienced it. And you can tell, okay, this is the way this guy experiences things. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I love, I love every time that uh, Denka refers to it. He was talking about the best 15 days and seven hours of his life. Yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, <laughs> He's got a freaking Renaissance painting of like Jimmy up on his ceiling. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. like, I think this affected this guy a lot, which and then you find out it was when he betrayed him. So like mm-hmm. th- that whole two weeks leading up to it, he still goes through with the betrayal. And you uh, like, I yeah. think they show a they show a short little scene where it might look like he's like trying to convince the other people 
you know, we can't go through with mm-hmm. this. It's not going to work. Yeah, but but he said like the plan was already put in motion. Yeah, and and he goes along with it anyway. So mm-hmm. he he is he uh, does go along with being a betrayer, and it, he says that Jimmy leaves injured. So mm-hmm. that that also reminded me. I'm like, oh yeah. But so we don't think Jimmy's necessarily dead. He's just missing. <clears throat> right. But um, anything. Or, I mean, anyway, the betrayal thing where he just goes along with it anyway, th- there's definitely the feeling that uh, Denka in the past kind of saw things as out of his control. Mm-hmm. And maybe, like, having to go through with something that he d- retroactively doesn't agree with, he wishes he hadn't done it. But he doesn't seem like he's kind of... He, he doesn't seem like he regrets it. Yeah. Maybe that's not the right uh, word. Maybe he does regret it. It's just he doesn't uh he doesn't live in the betrayal. He lives in yes. the moments before it. Yes, and I think that he also <clears throat> like one, the episode totally remind me of uh freaking fascist stampede, just love and peace. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh like he was Jimmy's totally about... going to turn out just to be a, a far more charismatic Vash the Stampede. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but when he was... Oh, gosh. I lost my train of thought. Whoops. I, I was going to say, Denka is the betrayer, but he's not... What am I trying to... Like, like, it's not the same as... Uh, what's his face? Brutus. Brutus who betrays yeah. Caesar. Brutus is like, I've betrayed someone I cannot be forgiven. Whereas Denka seems like he's already forgiven himself for doing it because it's like he's not the same at all anymore. Yeah, it's it's almost like he realizes like that was the decision I made at the time. And if I was faced with the same decision now, I wouldn't make it. Right. And and he doesn't even seem like worried if he would make it again because it changed him so much. Right. So now his whole like his gear, which is that big floating palace, which is like, yeah. You're really nailing that Prince feel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's he's like using it as a sort of uh, conduit to like spin out. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, what, what would you say? Well, it's kind of spinning out good players, but like also giving people a purpose. Like, I liked how they both definitely bombed the interview, but they get a job anyway. Mm hmm. And then, yeah. and then it it also seems to be made to be like pushing people together. Yes, I would absolutely say that because, like, the way that I I feel like we could break down the episode into a lot of stuff. Yeah, okay, but like, I think this ingredient is important because the whole thing to do with the betrayal was that he went along with separate from the earless, where Jimmy was mm-hmm. trying to uh, uh, reconcile, I guess, bring harmony or something. Yeah, actually, harmony is like ooh, ooh. I should have acted like that was on purpose. Oof, it's mm. a good one. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, n- now his whole like his whole thing is getting people together, which you yeah. know feels like this kind of red light district kind of atmosphere at the beginning. But in the end, yeah. And what was it? What was it called? It was called Presley Square, wasn't it? Paisley Square, or something like that. Paisley. Oh, wait, yeah, was it I- Square? It sounded super comfy, whatever it was. 
Yeah, but I mean, like, all those musical references in this show are so much fun. Dude, the... I'm excited for the next one. Because of, like, the the Jimmy's monologue that leads up to it. Yeah, I was trying to figure out, like, what the theme of the next episode was going to be. I, I, to be honest, I can't really remember much of his, like, closing monologue. <clears throat> or his preview monologue, well, then, I should um... say. I don't want to. I don't know if I want to like spoil where it's going, but right. it's it's a big one. <laughs> it it's a really big one. But the episode okay. title is going to be "Goodbye Blue Sky," which is okay. God, that's such a good title already. <laughs> but uh, all the, all these titles have been real good. They're they're really good at this whatever they're doing like mm-hmm. it, it seems like it's coming into its own each episode but then it also feels like okay well it was already here i'm just figuring out where it is yes but uh you're honing in on yeah it. because the first episode i was like okay that was good in in an easy kind of generic way but then mm-hmm. as each episode is going on i'm like this is weird but it doesn't feel like it's changed it's still in character while getting weirder and i'm like oh that's good that's a that's a good mm-hmm. flow but um <clears throat> Real quick, did you notice their numbers? Yes, sixty nine. <laughs> well, I mean, it was hard to it was hard to uh, miss those numbers. <laughs> I, I liked how. Uh, well, I I didn't realize it until like halfway through the episode, where someone said "boy six and girl nine and I was like, uh. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh but yeah. Oh shoot! Yeah. What are we talking about? Well, I I totally got sidetracked when I was talking about. Uh, you were talking. The- you were talking about the betrayal. You were talking about the uh, like unification rather than extermination. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah. Well, it was. But the, like it, the it seems like the uh, the the unification ideals of uh, of Jimmy left a lasting impression, and yes. that kind of changed. Uh, Danka into changing his whole structure about like how he approaches things. Yeah, and and it seems like uh, Danka has gotten and stayed very busy since then. It doesn't seem like mm-hmm. he kind of wallowed in the fact that he was a betrayer. He kind of was just like, all right, well now we're doing that now. <laughs> since mm-hmm. th- this clearly didn't work, we're gonna do that one now. So everything like his whole facility that he set up, his kind of kingdom, is mm-hmm. supposed to be like. A, a chapter in all these people's journey where he's trying to like spin out more people for like Jimmy's purpose. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> there isn't like, you, you don't get the character development of Denka. He really mm-hmm. is just kind of like the, the mentor character in this episode. So for Echo and Mew, I'm, it was like the, I'm actually like, not sure what the lesson was. This is the part where I'm unclear. I get where everything else with with Denka works and like how you you kind of are they're they're showing and not telling his uh, reformation and what what he's doing mm-hmm. uh, what he's doing about it now. But with them, they have their their little like spat, but it seems mm-hmm. like kind of a petty thing that's going to get resolved anyway. Yeah, I think that it was more just like the the way that I kind of viewed it was just them learning. Hey, let's not sweat the small stuff. 
I guess that could and be like, it. This is kind of like... Because, like, they were just... They were learning to work in tandem. I mean, they were fighting two people who were <clears throat> who were working incredibly like, well totally together. totally in sync, yeah. So, yeah. like, they were having to get back in sync. But mm-hmm. it was almost like... There's no reconciliation of what the problem was. Like, there was no, I was wrong, you were right. Or, like, well, maybe we're, we're both wrong. There was kind of just, we're still fighting, but we're going to have to get along anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I think I've kind of figured it out for myself then. <clears throat> because that is kind of a classic, I don't know how you work this one out, where it's like, I wanted this, or you wanted this, so I got it for you. And it's like, I didn't want you to get it, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, there, there wasn't, like... As much meat as I wanted yeah, no. in this Th- There episode. wasn't much mystery either, which was ironic. Because mm-hmm. he does kind of speak in these kind of vague riddles. But Yes, the, and every time he opens his mouth, it's vague riddles. Yes, but it all just kind of worked. Maybe, maybe yeah. I'm getting too good at this. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm getting to the point where I just kind of get stuff. Yeah. There was something and I wanted I, to talk about, and I should have That was kind of like down. when I was... That was kind of like when I was talking about how this show, for me, is starting to exist in the same place as Fooly Cooly, where it's like, there are some things I'm just not going to get in the moment. I'm just going to ride it out and see how it all falls into place at the end. Yeah, I think uh, symbolically, it's very comfortable. Mm -hmm. Like, there's nothing that seems to be very challenging, whereas Mm -hmm. I think that's, that's uh, that's where it lines up. With Fully Cooly, because on a literal level, Fully Cooly is it refuses to comply. It's a freaking mess. Yes, like, like and, and it forces you to. It's like, well, you're not going to understand it in that frame. You have to right. look at it symbolically. And normally, when you're a kid, after you've been put through like public school, you know that's been wrung out of you with extreme prejudice. So Fully Cooly's having to like unearth something that's been torn out. Mm-hmm. But like. Once you kind of like are able to get fully coolly, then other stuff becomes way easier. <laughs> like I think listeners is so easy because fully coolly uh, was so difficult. Has done the legwork. Yes. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> listeners is also much easier on the literal end too. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, well the robots fighting and they won, <laughs> so they were yes. good at the robot fight. <laughs> uh. Is there is there anything <coughs> gosh is there anything to gather from the fact that they lose the first time because well, why I did think they lose it was, it, it was almost I, like they didn't stand a chance yeah and I kind of just saw it as like the other people it could mean kind of like what we mentioned before like the other people were just so in sync that even if they were working kind of in tandem is like they weren't working well enough together. And it may have been because of that small petty spat, whatever. But they needed to learn how to work well together. Yeah. In the midst of interpersonal struggles. But then, like, they normally don't give anyone a second chance. Like, they kick you out if you lose. Yeah. But they let him go again because Echo's able to humble himself. Instead Hmm. of kind of like, okay... No, I think I'm working it out. <laughs> Whereas, like, that's what he needed to do to begin with. So, like, now that he can mm-hmm. humble himself, now he's going to win the second time. Yeah. 
Because he was, he, you know, okay. Yeah. So he is just holding on to, but I'm right <laughs> when they lose. It's like, right. She's, she's wrong about this, though, which is why they're going to lose, because he, he, he won't let go of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. No. Ah, man, it's too easy. <laughs> We're done with it in like 20 minutes. <laughs> It's good though, and I'm I'm excited for more. I just I think that I I hope that it continues to kind of get more complex. Yeah. But I'd like at the for same it to get time, complex, I'm also like, but at the at the same time, I'm like, but it would be comfortable even if it didn't. Yes, I really appreciate the pace it's going at right now. Like with each mm-hmm. episode, they reveal some some extra little detail, like some yeah some kind of nugget is unearthed in e- in each episode. While it feels yeah. like really episodic, <clears throat> it does kind of feel at some point the pace is going to pick up significantly. Mm-hmm. Or at least it should start like a uh, signposting that the end is coming. Because right now we don't know how close they are to where they're going or like how far they are from where they started. They are kind All of existing. All we have to go off of is the fact that we're on episode five of a 12 episode series. Right. But I don't even know where it, where that lands in in right. regards of this show because like you know like we talked about with Trigun, Trigun is very episodic and then it hard stops like mm-hmm. from the uh, uh, <clears throat> what was the name of the family the the the, 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 the Nebraska family the Nebraska family yeah yeah from that episode onward it starts to really get going. On uh, being mm-hmm. like one continuous narrative, and it drops the episodic thing. This feels like it's mm-hmm. it's giving you a little bit of the overarching narrative every time. Although this one was almost entirely concerned with the overarching narrative, the episodic part was kind of the B plot. But yeah, like two, three, four, and five have felt very episodic. And then when you look at how similar they are in formula to episode one, that one also feels really episodic. Even though it does feel like this big premiere to set off like this grand adventure, I'm hoping soonish that maybe the the overarching plot overtakes the episodic a little bit. Like maybe mm-hmm. it, maybe the next episode, episode six, feels like a mid season finale. But the way uh, Jimmy's monologue talks about the next episode, it feels like it's going to be like another unique location with unique characters that they're going to kind of participate in. Kind of like episode right. four. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like uh, it's not an issue, though. It's just what I want to see. Yeah. It's what I hope is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, when we talked about last time, when we talked about there, there's a kind of reassurance in the show that it doesn't feel like it's going to betray the viewer. Yes. I feel more comfortable now. That they have established that betrayal is a bad thing, <laughs> like yes. in the show itself. Yeah, and, the, and that, you know, it's going to stay the course pretty right. much. And I, I like the kind of uh, the the not conflicted way that Denka frames. Uh, well, they, they wouldn't have gone along with it if they knew like that they were going to betray them, which, of course, mm-hmm. means it's doomed. Because there's a betrayal. Like, the operation will not work. Right. 
Because it wasn't love and peace. <laughs> yeah. It was also, you know, uh, a lie. It wasn't truthful. Mm-hmm. So it does and I seem think like... that it also shows that he was remorseful about it because like right, yeah. everybody that he tells that story to is like, so you lied to them? And he was like, unfortunately, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, he said, he's like, yeah, that's the sad truth of the matter. Yeah. <clears throat> but he doesn't seem like bereaved about his role in this. It's like, yep, I did the bad thing. So now I do the good thing. Yep, it's like I have made my peace with this, so I'm moving on. He seems he seems like that. Like the, the, it, it doesn't feel out of character. It's sort of just it's mm-hmm. smooth. It goes right along with like the 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 personality. Yeah, uh, it's it's really well done. It's frustrating. There's not much more I can say. <laughs> it's like it's hard yeah. to talk about because it's so well done. So uh, yeah, all I can do is just recommend it to people. I guess. Yeah, was, uh, it's it's a fun experience. Go get it. I was talking to uh, one of my friends, well, co-workers. I was talking to one of my co-workers, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how uh, Jujutsu Kaisen was his favorite anime this season, and I recommended him watch it before I started watching uh, Listeners. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, oh, you should watch Listeners. And that made me realize, okay, no, we do have two good shows. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, let's talk about the second one. <clears throat> yeah. So oh, I was going to say, th- there's not much I can say on the pillars because they seem kind of obvious. I mean, Jimmy's legacy yeah. is Mew. She's the one with the potential. Mm-hmm. She's the one where it, like the pendant is, is really hers. And she's mm-hmm. reaching her potential by uh, being with Echo, who is also a character who it was just refusing to realize his potential. And now he is. Now it's turning out he might be, you know, a destined warrior type, despite the fact that he's relentlessly humble and, you right. know, will take a job as a mechanic. <laughs> uh, yeah. What were what, what the other pillars? I mean, the teamwork. This was all about teamwork. Yeah, uh, collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. Reconciling differences. You know, it doesn't, it's not about you being right. It's about, yeah, it's about the relationship. Uh, or, um, then sacrifice tragedy. I mean, obviously, uh, the tragedy was the betrayal. And uh, yes. what uh, uh, Denka sacrifices <clears throat> is, I guess, the, the, the certainty of, of purging the world of the unknown. Yes. Which is, this is, I, I try to stress this, where, where it's like, oftentimes the bad guys... Uh, you know, Utopia, which Dink is not a bad mm-hmm. guy. He's, he's a well-meaning character. You know, what they're trying to do by getting rid of yeah. the earless, the earless is a problem. Th- that is a a, a good... Th- that is, that is uh, what I'm trying to say. It's not good. It's a... It's a noble... <laughs> no, well, not even noble. Uh, it's like, no, th- this is yeah. a sustainable outcome. But, okay, this is mm, a worldview mm-hmm. that works. For better or worse, it works. Like... Uh, isolationism uh, I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm telling I mean it works you do give it up you are giving something up when you don't yeah. go full isolationist no we're just gonna stick with what works because it turns out it's working but you mm-hmm. know like Dr. Stone reminds us there's so much better by giving up by sacrificing that by sacrificing stability 
you can get so much more. So there's kind of like the earless, which is, you know, the, the chaotic monsters on the edge that are coming, they're, they're encroaching, they're coming to get you. You do have to push them back, mm-hmm. but you can't get rid of them entirely. And I think at some point we're going to figure out there's some kind of integration that can happen. So basically yeah. it's just union psychology. That's, I mean, that's yeah. what he figured out. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, we're we're just gonna figure out in what manner they're integrated. Exactly. I mean, they're literally shadows. They're the earless. Mm-hmm. This is a society obsessed with music, and these are referred to the earless, referred to as the earless. They are the opposite. Whatever you aren't. Uh, but yeah, mm. uh, that's the fastest I think I've ever gone through the pillars. <laughs> it's just yeah, easy. Dang. Listeners, it's so easy. <laughs> And that's a good thing. Yes. I will say, uh, as far as battle cries, I don't know if there is one. There's plenty of good quotes, mostly just from Denka's kind of monologues. but Yes, his riddles. Yeah. But there's not a lot of... Uh, not, not a lot of hot-blooded cries, I'll say. Yeah, no. I would agree. I, I will say that M- Mew comes the closest. In all of these, she she's the one that gets fired up the most in this episode. Yes, and, she is. She is the hot blooded. Yes, and when it happens, it's like, oh, oh, you're right. Yes, <laughs> I'm awake. Yeah, because everything else about the episode kind of lulls you into this just kind of like smooth state of things where it's like, it's all gonna work out. <laughs> this is all temporary. <laughs> but yeah, which is which is kind of like the way that his little. Kingdom Paradise works. land yes. is supposed to work, yeah. So it, it works. Absolutely. <clears throat> but so, uh, let's see, we got anything else? What was your pop-off? Um, I think my pop-off was that Denka was charismatic. I was like, if he's not charismatic, this isn't going to work. I think that my pop-off was when um, they go to the the dorms. And, yes, like, they okay. open up the door and it was each other. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, this is going to work. This is going to be a great episode. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish because, we like, would have gotten more of showing the parallel, the parallel of their interviews, and then it just takes them right back to each other. Yeah, I, I kind of wish we had gotten a little bit more of that throughout the episode, just kind of the back and forth between those two. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe if it had been a little bit longer, like if it, if you had gotten two extra minutes in the runtime, I would have put oh, the runtime towards remember, that. I remember what this reminded me of. It reminded me of, uh, you remember that movie, Rock of Ages? Yes. And I know where you're going with this. Yeah, like when they kind of like broke up and like uh. she became a stripper and he went into a boy band. <laughs> Like his is worse. <laughs> she even said, "You win." Yeah, I loved, I loved the contempt for the nineties in that movie. As much as I love them, as much as you know, that was my childhood. I liked how it was like. I, I hate it when people are like, "Oh, I love this about this decade and this about this decade." I like it when something is just like, "This one sucked," and this is why. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a fun movie. That, it was like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh. I love this show. I mean, like she was, she was kind of just a sex worker at that point. <laughs> yeah, she was literally doing a uh, what are those called? Um, there's a the, there's the, like the a technical phone? term. Yeah, it's like a phone sex line or something. If there's like a specific term for it, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna remember it. But yeah, you know when you're when you're up two o'clock because you're you're up at two o'clock because there was something on Adult Swim you wanted to watch and then the commercials start playing and it's like. 
I shouldn't <laughs> I'm be in the wrong right place. Like, excuse me, I'm 12. I just wanted to watch Bleach. <laughs> I'm not here for this. I've stepped into the wrong parlor. Kai Sen. So, Kai, Kai Sen. Sen. There Kai, you go. Kai Sen. You got Kai it. Sen. I think, Maybe okay, someday. what's the... No, that's in a Noshobatai. What? What is um? What? There was. What did you just I'm say? Thinking of the the Japanese name for Fire Force. There was there was a there was a show that I was thinking of, um. That kept popping into my head, that I can't remember <laughs> what it was, but like that's what kept throwing me off. Kekai Sensen. Uh, that's it. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, Blood Blockade Battlefront. Maybe we should just call it Blood Blockade Battlefront for your sake. Yeah, because gosh, I get so confused. <laughs> uh, um. Anyway, so I I enjoy it. I think that it's well made. I think that the animation's really good. Um, and I think it's pretty by the numbers. It does. Um, okay, I mean, so it, it does seem by the numbers, but it, it seems like the parts where it starts to lean into that kind of shonen uh, formula is when I think mm-hmm. it starts to come into its own. So like there hmm. there are parts that I think are original and different like mm-hmm. uh, especially the first few episodes feel very different and then it yeah, starts weird. then it starts to get into the formula but when mm-hmm. it started getting into the formula I started to kind of be sold on it ironically <laughs> where it was mm-hmm. like okay I like these characters from this weird show and I'm getting excited they're <laughs> excited that they're about to start doing the Naruto thing yeah <clears throat> I especially Gojo. He he's become much better as the show becomes more formulaic, for better or worse. I mean, is he the 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 eye patch guy? Or he's the, the teacher. The eye... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then in that like, last episode, this freaking Kakashi. I was very um, sold on him in the last episode. He's Kakashi, but way stronger. It feels. Yes. He. Man, just wow. He really is just really powerful. In, yeah, this last episode, episode seven, the power level shows mm-hmm. itself. It's like, mm-hmm. okay. So up to this point, it was kind of like, uh, you know, especially in the, the, the part where they're, they get stuck in the domain in that school. That was mm-hmm. the first part where I was like, oh, they are in over their head. This is going to be way tougher than expected. But then in episode seven, it's like, oh, this is so impossibly further out there that like this, this show, I don't know how long it intends to go. The manga is still going, which means. And it started in like 2018. Yes. Which means this show, which started in uh, October of 2020. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's just going to 24 episodes. I think that's going to be a season one. And if it does well, there's definitely going to be more because yeah. the power level that the, they just showcased, there's no way Yuji gets anywhere close to it in 24 episodes, unless this no. gets trigger pacing, which so far it hasn't. So I'm assuming that's not going to happen. Otherwise yeah. episode one, if it was trigger Gojo shows up in episode one and this is what happens. <laughs> Like we see, yeah. we see the edge. I think, I think that like with, with this show, I don't know. It's like, I keep forgetting that it's aimed at a more, I say mature audience. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. 
but like I keep forgetting, and then that freaking diner scene where all the people are like combusting. Yeah, that was the one I was ta- I was talking about. Okay, yeah, that was really unsettling for me. <laughs> yes, yeah, no, that that felt like uh, what would you say? That felt like a Scorsese moment, mm. where I was like, mm-hmm. I'm in the theater, I'm profoundly uncomfortable, but I understand what the point is. Yes, <laughs> and it's like. And it's not even that, like, the the show is doing anything out of character, because, like, yes, the show was dark up to that point. But that part is extremely dark. Yes. <laughs> like, that, that's when I was like, oh, yeah, this is TVMA. This big, strong TVMA. But it makes yeah. you forget because it's going into all of the tropes of something made for mm-hmm. a younger audience. And I'm trying to think of a good example uh, of that happening in something else. Not really Bleach, because Bleach was always supposed to be the kind of sort of more grown-up, edgier version of Dragon Ball or Naruto. But it, like, immediately presents itself as part of the same genre. It's like this genre, but slightly older. Whereas this feels like this is a mature show that, when you least expect it, starts dipping into kind of shown-in tropes. Yeah. I'm trying to think of an example of this. And it's totally not coming to mind, but I'm going to I'm going to invent one that may or may not exist. And it would be like you're playing an M rated video game, but it's a platformer. That would be Mm. strange. I think, you know, uh, as far as like old games, Splatterhouse is that. But like Splatterhouse, I think of uh, uh, what what was the game? Blasphemous. Blasphemy. That's a good one. Blasphemous is, is the title. That's a good example. Okay. In fact, yeah. that's perfect. Because it, everything about it is, oh yeah, Castlevania. But it's like super dark. Mm-hmm. Oh, and when I say Castlevania, I mean like early Castlevania, like NES Castlevania. Yeah. Car- cartoony fighting monsters ca- Castlevania. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good example. That's what it feels like. And Blasphemous is kind of known for that, uh, uh, what would you call that? Uh, clash? That, that clash of tone, that's kind of mm-hmm. that's kind of its claim to fame. Because otherwise, it would be yet another generic indie Metroidvania game. But of like the imagery, first of all, the imagery is beautiful and how horrible it is. Like yes. that is one of the best looking games ever made. But it's extremely unsettling and disturbing. <laughs> like yeah, I mean, like what the the main character has like a pillar for a face and he's wearing a crown of thorns. Yeah, it, it it's like a super detailed Renaissance painting of the crucifixion. Like that's what it feels mm. like. It's like oh, this is horrible, <laughs> but uh, it's beautiful. Jujutsu Kaisen yeah. has great animation, in my yes. opinion. Like it really does. Episode seven in particular, that fight that he has with the volcano guy looks really good. <laughs> and yeah, the, 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 the hypest moment, you know, which was my pop off and sort of my battle cry was when yeah. Goju does a, does a uh, domain expansion, which at this point we just, I just assumed was something only curses did. Yeah. But man, <laughs> it was unreal. And the quote he says, where he's like, isn't it interesting how when you're given everything in life, all you could do is peacefully die. And then he says, I'll relieve you of that now. And I'm like, oh my God. 
That's like one of the best one-liners of all time. Yeah. His domain oh. gives him infinite, like, like gives him infinity, and he's all you can do is peacefully die. But I'll, I'll I'll handle that for you now, and just just rips his head off. I was like, "Good <laughs> lord, that was hype." There is there is significant power going on in this show. But the thing, but that when I, those baby I blues little... came out, I was like, "I think the world's ending." <laughs> the 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 thing that kind of frustrates me though is the fact that like I don't know because I've seen how powerful he is. And, like, because I've seen, or, like, when, when they were saying, like, uh, at the very beginning when he was talking about, like, how, hey, would it be would it be hard for you, or would you be able to beat the guy that's inside of me? I, I can't remember any of the names, whatever. Yeah, I know Itadori. I know that that's the main character. I know the guy named Megumi. But anyway, um, but he was like, would you be able to beat him? And he would, like, it would be really straining. And he was like, but would you win? I would win. And, and, like, seeing how powerful he is, it kind of, like, removes any, like... Uh, uh, well, <clears throat> I think what's going to happen is they're establishing how powerful he is to kind of give you an idea of where Yuji could be. But he also mm. says that... Uh, what's the name of the demon inside Yuji? I keep wanting to say Senku, but that's <laughs> not correct. You know. Uh, Sakuna. Sakuna. He... He's like where he is right now. This is like like he says the volcano guy would 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 beat him. Like he's stronger than mm-hmm. where Sakuna is right now. But Sakuna, I think, what is it? He has three fingers now. Uh, I think he has. Yes, he has three. Yeah. They're kind of saying that Sakuna, if he gets all of them, is like by far the most powerful being in this universe. In this, mm-hmm. as far as like known known power levels. Him at full the power. king of curses. Yes, which he's only at, like, we'll say 30% because he has three of ten fingers. No, uh, he has three of 20. Oh, yeah. I, he has, I forgot about that detail because he had four arms. Yeah. Uh, so that would make it 15%. He's at 15% mm-hmm. of his power. So right now he would lose to the volcano guy, but the volcano guy doesn't even scratch the surface of Goju, uh, uh, Gojo's power. So. Right. But but I'm pretty sure they say at some point, Sakana at full power, Gojo couldn't do anything about it. Like, that's why they have to contain it. And that's why every time uh, Yuji takes another of Sakana's fingers, it's like, we're playing with fire. <laughs> like, this yeah. is... I, I like how making Gojo look this powerful, but having Sakana at full power definitely be more powerful, where it's like, Gojo is clearly the thing keeping the demons at bay right now, which is mm-hmm. why they say you would have to make it to where he can't fight. Like, like that's step one. And then you have to get Sakuna on your side and notice they mm-hmm. don't say you have to kill Gojo. It's like, you have to make it to where he can't fight and you get like, Sakuna send on him your away. side. Yes. And I want to get to this, but, uh, uh, the, the kind of plan, the goal of the curses mm-hmm. is very important. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> as far as the power levels, I feel like we haven't seen enough to know that it's no longer interesting, I guess. I feel like yeah. they, they've put some they've put some little uh, catches in there to what they've shown so far to where even though Gojo seems impossibly overpowered and it's too comfortable when he's around, 
Mm-hmm. I think they've said a, a, enough things to where there's still tension in certain circumstances. So I, I feel like it hasn't killed the uh, the feeling of peril, which would be, uh, I mean, that'd be a bad thing. Then like yes. nothing would be interesting as far as a fight. Uh, right. But I am worried that at this stage, they might try to Goku Gojo too much, where it's like, well, get him out of the scene so that something interesting can happen. And it is unfortunate that they do the Kingsman thing where (laughs) when the students are in trouble, they're never in trouble of like, they're never in real trouble because Gojo Mm -hmm. can just step in. That is unfortunate right now. I feel like something's going to change soon. But as of now, even though episode seven was, was, I think a glorious, a glorious ride. Uh That is, that is a problem. So, okay. I do agree right now. But it feels like okay. they've established that it, it it's it's not going to stay that way. I guess. Yeah. All that to say, yeah. I see your point. <laughs> <laughs> I. Yeah, I. I mean, like, I'm enjoying it. I. I think that it's. I. I think I kind of rolled my eyes when it was like. Oh, yeah, these two schools are getting together, and it's team battles the first day and personal battles the second day. I was like, another tournament arc. I was like, uh. (laughs) Yeah, and it's. See, I get excited about tournament arcs, but in the context of this show, I'm like, TVMA, we're doing a tournament arc. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay. I'm, 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 I'm like, but there's other interesting things going on. Like, are you just padding yeah, out true. the first season? Yeah, like I was already invested, and now we say there's mm-hmm. going to be a tournament arc. And it's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. I don't want to do that yet. I'm not bored yet. Tournament arcs yeah, are I'm, great I'm, after it's like, oh, what do we do now? Eh, let's all fight. Yeah, I'm just like, I wish that, I wish that they would have found a way to integrate the um like the second classman without doing a tournament arc like if they were just like hey <laughs> the things that you're fighting are like really powerful so the upperclassmen are going to help you out yeah and i also forgot about that until you brought it up like when uh goju talks about the stuff that yuji's going to do he doesn't even mm-hmm. mention that like he mentions, you know, we're going to we're going to be doing this training and you're going to uh, start going on more dangerous missions on your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, by the way, I really like their dynamic. Gojo and mm-hmm. Yuji's like it's really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. They're, and, they're really uh, I, fun together. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get back to that because I want to talk about the main character. So, OK, so but yeah, yeah so far we've been talking about Gojo a lot. Um <clears throat> But I feel like hey, it feels like there's a there's a lot up in the air. I'm really enjoying when they focus on one thing, and yeah, when they bring mm. up a tournament arc, or even when they bring up Megumi or a uh, Nobara, it's kind of like, oh, oh yeah, I super forgot about them. Yeah, yeah, I. It just feels really scattered. It does. And yeah, I yeah, just yeah. wish it was just, I just focused remembered, Oh, yeah. When they went on a mission in the school, that had a totally different feel to when they went on a mission in the city. And, you know, there was mm-hmm. like that, that hostage situation mm-hmm. that felt like, oh, it felt like we just got the second episode of three different shows. Like, 
yeah. talking about the tournament arc, going on the mission in the school, going on the mission in the city, and this episode six and seven could have been an episode two and three of yet another different show. Oof, yeah, this is really scattered, and they only have twenty four episodes for season one. That's what makes me think the end of this season might be very unsatisfying, at least for some plot lines that they're plot threads that they're setting up. Because right. I feel like if we start getting to a tournament arc, you're at least blowing four or five episodes on just that. And four Unless or five it's episodes, just got really good pacing. Yeah, and right now I'm not I'm not sure if it has good pacing or not because it's just starting multiple different plot lines, all of which right. I could I could be interested in. But I've noticed when I'm yeah. really enjoying the show is when it's focused down on something. Yeah, it's like I would totally watch each and every one of those shows yeah. that they have started. It's just I wish that they would pick one and stick with it. Yeah. Hmm. Um but Yeah, talking about the main character, I find the main character really, really charming. Yes, he's very likable. And I like Um, how he he was running (laughs) from his physical capabilities by joining Mm -hmm. the, uh, what was it, the occult club? club? Yeah, and then that just throws him (laughs) right into, like, situations where he's constantly having to use his physicality. (laughs) And the 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 freaking shock put that he just like <laughs> launches. That was fun because it was like, oh yeah, this isn't realistic. <laughs> he's he's got a freaking god inside of him. This is like, this is a One Punch Man levels of what? What did he do? Yeah, I like how it kept popping up like the uh, Japan's record and then the world record. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> I also liked um, uh, I I, I re- God man I really liked the first episode. Mm-hmm. Like I liked everything to do with him rushing in to save Megumi despite not know what's going on. I I loved the part where he just like does the math real quick and is like, well, guess I'm swallowing this finger. <laughs> yes, like, I, I like how he's very quick to accept responsibility for things. It mm-hmm. makes him immediately likable. Uh, but then I also, he kind of clearly I, doesn't know what he's getting himself into. And right. the scene in the school felt like it felt like a really good untimely death. Like if that was where they were going to kill him off, mm-hmm. it felt like it was really well done. And, and you were kind of it was clear on why it happened and that it was untimely. It's like, yes, it was heroic, but this was stupid. He shouldn't have got yeah. himself into this. So it's like you're establishing, yes, he's likable and fun and confident, but he makes really stupid mistakes that he shouldn't be making. Yes. And I I think that that's what keeps him from being a Mary Sue, because he is really good at a lot of things. (laughs) He's very Mary Sue up until the uh, scene at the school, which I think Mm -hmm. makes it a very memorable episode. You keep saying school. Wasn't it a uh, juvenile detention center? Oh, shoot. You're right. I I kept thinking it was like just a crappy school. In my memory, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was a juvenile detention center. Yeah, that yeah, was, was like that was even what, even schools don't look that prison. Well, but any time, <laughs> any time in my memory, I was thinking about it looking like a prison. I was thinking it must have been because of the domain expansion. But no, you're mm. right. It was a juvenile de- detention center, but it was kind of like, uh, oh yeah, they're kind of like stressing the fact that no one no one cares about these kids. Yeah, I mean, like, one of them, like, the the one that they focused on the most, he, like, killed a kid when he was driving without a license uh-huh. for the second time. But they, but then they drive home the tragedy anyway. And I was like, yes, I, that was a good sign. 
That that yes. was a sign that I'm like, this isn't just Edge for Edge's sake. And I was like, right. and I understood why they have the kind of shocking adult themes. I'm like, yeah, okay. and I'm glad they're bringing up the moral quandary of like, do we <laughs> save the people that are bad? And it's like, I mean, they're still people. Yes, and, and it's still, you know, you're still showing the guy's mom wondering yeah. what's going on in there. And it's like, yep, this is stomach turning, but it it it's I I like where it's going. I like what they're doing with this. And I I do like that they <laughs> pointed at the the blah, when they pointed out she was when she said um that she was the only person that was going to mourn his death. It's like that's really sad, but that's the thing is that there's one person. Like do it for the one. Yes. And death is a big theme in this show. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, when it starts off with his grandfather's death, and he, and he yeah, says... Yeah, which I did not expect. You didn't expect him to die? No. Yeah, I, he's in the intro. Reason, I was thinking, uh, at first, I was like, he's just going to be in the hospital for the duration yeah, of the show or whatever. I literally thought that it was going to be like, um, what's the main character's name from uh, Ahira no Nosora? Like, um... Oh, oh yeah, his, uh, his mom's in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be like that. Like, he would come to check up on her every now and... Or, well, I guess in this case, him. Come to check up on him every now and again. But when it just died, I was like, oh, this is like a... This is like an origin story. Okay. Yeah, and I think that's part of what makes me like the first episode a whole lot. Like, I think that that may have been my pop-off, was the unexpected death of the grandfather. Not necessarily unexpected within the world of the story, but like unexpected in my viewing yeah yeah yeah. well and i didn't expect it either and then when he when he like gave uh the lessons that are probably going to be the lessons of the show he's just gonna have to figure out how to interpret and and uh live by them was when Mm -hmm. his granddad was like always help people and die surrounded by (sighs) people yeah and it was like all right save as many as you can in your vicinity yeah um, and Which is, I you really know, like... with, with kind of saying it's kind of a, a more. It, it's selfish in a good way, but it's a more selfish version of with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Where it's like help people, but not to the point where it isolates you. And I mean, you know, talking about Spider-Man, he's mm-hmm. constantly isolated. Yeah. That's the kind of uh, tragedy of of <laughs> accepting the mantle of Spider-Man is that you're alone. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I mean, after years of getting that Spider-Man story, Spider-Verse kind of redeems that. Yeah. Where it's like, it's like you're no, not you're alone. Not. It's yeah. you and the other Spider-Man. Which like, is, I really, I really love that when they were saying, uh, you know, we've all made that choice. Yeah. And like, I'm like, all oh, done. God, I'm get, I'm covered in chills. Every time I think of Spider-Verse, I get covered in chills. I really hope they don't screw up any kind of sequel. Yeah, I'm super worried about that now. Like mm-hmm. in the moment, of course, you're like, all right, next. What's the next one? But yep. now I'm kind of worried uh, because it was so successful and because Miles Morales has kind of become the fan favorite uh, Spider-Man now. Mm-hmm. I feel like the second one's going to be, look at this. Don't you remember this? You like this, don't you, viewer? Do you like this, paying consumer? It's going to try so hard. Or it could very easily I, I try not. so hard. I hope it, it remains effortless. I hope it, yes. I hope it just remains this effortless, just right hook 
of constant glorious art the whole time, like the original Gosh. is, which is like, look at this, look at what we can freaking do. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Speaking of which, I need to rewatch Speed Racer. I need to. Oh, me too. I've never seen it. <laughs> really? Yeah, I have I, the I Wii watched game. it a long it's, it's time really ago. Good. It's super underrated. I watched it a long time ago, and I think that we may have to walk back our statement of The Matrix being the only good movie that the Wachowskis made. <laughs> yeah, I, I always, every time I make that statement, in the back of my head, I'm like, I haven't seen Speed Racer. Yeah, I, I, I watched it once. I remember it being really visually awesome. But it has been so long since I've seen it, I can't speak for anything else. But. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I, I seriously doubt that I'm going to see it and think that I find it more uh, meaty than The Matrix, which is absolutely right. profound. Mm-hmm. But I also like the idea that it would change my mind. In fact... I really like that idea. So I want to give it a chance. And and I'm in a yeah. state where I really want to like it, which I think is the right state to watch things in. As much as sometimes you get duped and feel like, hey, you scammed me. Like when I watched uh, <laughs> Rise of Skywalker and it was going so mm. fast and showing me so many things that a good consumer likes that I walked out of it thinking, wow, that was really fun. And then two weeks later, you're like, that movie freaking sucked. <laughs> hey, wait a second. You made me like something that sucked. <laughs> but yeah, um, I do want to rewatch Speed Racer just because mm-hmm. visually I remember it being glorious. And unlike the typical Rotten Tomatoes quit- critic, when I see something that's visually stunning, I'm assuming it must have a good story because... Why make a bad story visually stunning? Mm. That's actually the exception to the rule. Which is why it's not surprising at all that Into the Spider-Verse is so freaking beautiful. Because everything mm. about the story is also just gorgeous. It's a freaking tapestry. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> let's get back to Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, yeah. The whole, with great power, with great responsibility, um, uh, I guess, not... Not allegory. It's not allegory. Um, uh, that's not the word I'm looking it, for. It's like a. Oh gosh! Now I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said it. I shouldn't have said allegory out loud because it's it. It's not correct, but it's in the ballpark. So your body's like, "Now nah, you did it. Good job. Now we're done. Now I'm gonna go home. <laughs> yeah, now I'm gonna go home. Give up. Stop thinking about it. <laughs> I'm gonna go home. I'm sick of this. <laughs> sick of freaking talking about anime early in the morning. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Yeah. Um, ah, I can't think of the word, but th- that kind of um, <clears throat> central message. Parallel. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 That 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 works better than allegory, at least. Mm-hmm. That parallel where it's always help people and die surrounded by people. I like how the one that comes second is die surrounded by people because it's like mm-hmm. when you wake up in the morning, try to tell yourself, always help people, but mm-hmm. before you go to bed, remember. That you're trying to die surrounded by people. Yeah. So in the end, you don't want to be isolated. That that's not a good life. That that's if you are isolated, you're doing something wrong. But to think people, uh, especially young men, uh, are are too eager to accept, you know, the life of of the lone hero. It's like that's that's too exciting because it's freaking easy. Like that's easier 
than trying to also not be isolated. Yeah. Like, I think, uh, maybe not, maybe, maybe this isn't the average person. Maybe this just tends to be the kind of people I end up kind of, uh, being acquainted with and like talking Mm -hmm. with, but I, I feel like the people I know are far more likely to be like, yeah, I could be homeless if it was, if I was doing the right thing. And it's like, but if you're homeless, that means you've alienated everyone who cared about you. Like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's like the, the assumption, oh, I don't need material possessions. I could be homeless. And it's like, if you're homeless, that means you've lost contact. You've, you've in a big way, you've lost contact with the important people in your life who should yeah. otherwise be giving you a place to stay. Yeah. And it's kind mm. of, you've, uh, it's irresponsible to your relationships to be homeless. Like for you to be in a place where they don't assume that person is, is, is well off. They're safe. They're taking care of themselves. You being mm-hmm. homeless, uh, is an insult to your mother. I, I guess is a way of framing it. Uh, that means yeah. you, you've become decoupled from the kind of, uh, uh, from, from Mary in a way. You've kind of you've become you're disintegrated, I guess, when you're homeless. And I mean, <laughs> disintegrated. Yes. Well, that's why that word is that word. But yeah, you've become split up. You, you know, you, you're you're incomplete. Your pieces are all over the freaking floor now. It's like, well, if you're if you're starting off from alienation like especially people who have like a a disability of some kind and Mm -hmm. which is really tragic, but the kind of situation where you, where, where people don't want to be bothered with you. And this happens in some people's families, which is horrible, but uh, you know, all they can do is like, they'll have a dog that they can take care of as best they can while being homeless. Yeah. If that's your starting point, then there's no shame in it. I would say to try and start to try and like pick yourself up to try and get a job and then eventually get you a place to stay. But when people are talking about it, like, Oh yeah, I, I'd give up all my worldly possessions, which is how they like to frame it. It's like, that's not all that you're doing though. You're yeah, kind of, once you start, once they start saying like worldly possessions, it, it, they're trying to frame it in a much better light than the irresponsibility that might be coming with it. Like yes. when I think about like if I was to think about, oh, yeah, I could give up everything and be, become homeless. It's like, um, no, I couldn't. I have a wife and a child and, and two children. Yes. So, <laughs> so, so you, like, you definitely can. Now, I, I don't hear this from from people with families, which I think is telling. But, yeah, uh, because it's like it's it's a short sightedness. Yes, uh, it's a, it's a sense that we kind of get from um, modern pop culture where, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to be tied down per se, but people people often forget the end of that story. He's usually tied down. Uh, yeah, he usually finds either a village that he wants to protect or, he or a woman that he wants to protect yeah, yeah or, or he, he dies, or he yeah. dies and normally if, if it's a good ending he died protecting them mm-hmm. or it's taxi driver 
So uh, mm. <laughs> that's the alternative, <laughs> which is literally what that is. Like when people are like giving up, I mean, he gives up his worldly possessions and taxi driver on God, make no mistake. That's what he was doing. But uh, I mean, I just thought of red dead, like red dead was the example I was thinking. Oof, of. Yeah. Oof. I, I haven't, I couldn't, I couldn't play through the rest of red dead two. I only rented it, but I also didn't play it much after I rented it. Cause I really didn't like it, but Red Dead One, that that continues to be the best Rockstar game in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's one of the only Rockstar games that I'm like, I don't need cheats to enjoy it. This is just a really good game and a really good story. But um, yeah. <clears throat> I I own Red Dead Two. I think I've played a total of about eight hours. See, that's a drop in the pond for one of those games. But isn't it interesting that a video game can keep you compelled for eight hours, even when you don't love it? Video game's pretty amazing. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but yeah. And they can also be real manipulative. <laughs> oh, yes. Speaking of Rockstar. But anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get back on track. We're back in the we- in the weeds again with video games. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what were we Gosh. just talking about? Oh, we were talking about, you know, uh, uh, giving up your worldly possessions or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and the, the irresponsibility of heroism. <laughs> yes. So, well, certain kinds. And, and like, yes, <clears throat> the kind of uh, excitement to rush towards that ASAP, like mm-hmm. to kind of run into the uh, I'm going to become, you know, a legend. At a, I'm, I'm going to live fast, die young. And it's like yeah. that is very appealing to 15 year olds and no one else. It should not be appealing mm-hmm. to anyone older than 15. Like at that point, you should start getting a better idea of, of what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, you know, it's, of course it's okay to be like that until you're like, I don't know, 22. But that's yeah. No, when you're 22, but be frozone, be frozone. Frozone's got a wife who's looking out for him and her own romantic interests. Yes. Now that's a joking scene. But it's also like, man, good for Frozone. I wish I had a wife yeah. like that. <laughs> like the, the part where she's like, she put it away because it's like, we're not doing that right now. <laughs> and he's like, OK, <laughs> but this has to be an exception. And it, and it is. And there's not like a situation in The Incredibles 2 where you find out he like got divorced or something. No, of course he didn't. But like, yeah, I, I really love that scene. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like one of the most iconic scenes ever put to film. But uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm, I'm circling it. I'm c- circling it super hard. I'm trying to get back. But um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, I was gonna say it's telling that these people never have families. Like, because mm-hmm. as soon as you have a family, it's like, oh, no. I mean, that's untenable. That's it's not like even. You an can't option. think about that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, well, you simply wouldn't. It wouldn't even come up. Mm-hmm. It's like you hear someone else say it, and it's like. Man, you need a girlfriend, huh? <laughs> mm. <laughs> and good lord, if it's if it's a girlfriend pushing you towards that, I mean, does that mean she's like freaking animus possessed? Like she's trying to push you towards the darkest male uh, uh, drives. It's it's like you know mm-hmm. to to die in battle. She's trying to push you to die in battle. It's like no, 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 no. Listen. The feminine presence is supposed to want you to come home because otherwise we tend to not have any reason to. Yeah, there, there was a tweet that I saw floating around the other day that I was like, 
somebody unironically tweeted, I miss the days when men would go off to war and wouldn't come back. And a, a dude responded, I miss the days when women died in childbirth. And I was like, oh my gosh, you people. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. I think Tim Pool said it where he was like, <clears throat> Twitter has gamified being a terrible person. Yes, <laughs> because it really has. That's what gets the most retweets is is the hot take, the kind of uh, we, we, the, the burn is what gets shared the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like there's that tweet, which is horrible. But the one that then gets shared right alongside it is the one that's even worse. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> no, but and I also see this now in, in my circles. <clears throat> I, I see this just kind of acceptance that suicide should be legal, and it comes it comes with the assumption that suicide only affects you, mm, which is mm-hmm. if you don't read enough, you would think that like if if you only read anarchist like libertarian philosophy you would arrive to that conclusion or not philosophy but like economics and and kind of policy stuff like this you would arrive at that conclusion because you're you're looking at okay with these are the principles of this but then if you look into like philosophy and psychology and you look at data medical data uh, if you learn about mythology you would learn that in a in a scientific way that is not the case you do con- yeah. you do more damage to your surrounding friends and family than anything else you could do to them. Like it, it does, ir- and it's irreparable. It's it's a it, you curse them forever. Like uh, a a family that has suicide in it that hangs over them like a curse forever. Like it's yeah. never forgotten. So when I read that, I'm like. Uh, you don't read enough. <laughs> you, you aren't going outside your bubble because I, I think that uh, if, if, if that's one of those things where I'm like, I mean, I'm kind of a anti-government guy, but um, if I were dictator, that's the first thing that I'm going to make illegal is mm-hmm. suicide because it it does the most damage of any act a human can commit. <clears throat> Uh, because even murder is someone being wronged. Yes. Like murder. It's like, I don't, there's a perpetrator. Yes. And I would say that that is a sort of curse. And then the curse, uh, has to, has to be reckoned. Okay. I will say both have to be reconciled with forgiveness, but Mm -hmm. it is harder to forgive a suicide. And well, it's harder that's not, to recognize the need for forgiveness with a with the suicide. Right. That's that's why it's harder because yeah. we got we got books upon books upon books upon like v- lectures and videos about how uh, you know we, we have a, a legal system which has to function as a legal system and that, mm-hmm. that, that that's how it has to function. As if someone goes around murdering people, there has to be consequences from a legal system. But mm-hmm. the person who was wronged, you know, you're not you're not supposed to go death wish. You're not supposed to go hunting them down and murdering them. Uh, if you have the legal system, it you know, let it let it do its thing. Um, if if it's a society with a death penalty or not, if it's you know, this this act gets this many years, just let it run its run its course. But on the the person who was wronged. <clears throat> 
being the the family and friends of the person who was murdered, mm-hmm. they have to. And I'm not saying this is easy, Lord. I've never had to go through this, so I, I can't even say how difficult it is. It's probably impossibly difficult. I can't even imagine it. But mm-hmm. at some point, you have to be able to move on. And yeah, if you let it fester, it's going to make your life worse. So they get to do more damage than just uh, the murder. Robbing, like, yeah. Right, and even if justice is served and they get life in prison or they're put to death, you still have to do that work. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. fix anything that you've done. It's better when a legal system it can be the scapegoat of your vengeance and it's not you taking vengeance and it's just the system doing the vengeance or doing uh, the, not the system taking vengeance, the system being the system. Because, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. well, this is what we do when this happens. It happened. All right. Well, then we're doing this. Right. It's like a pre-recorded justice. Yeah, exactly. Well, And that's that's the use of, of courts is where it's right. like you're you're taking the responsibility of uh, revenge off of the person, which is important. That's I would say that's the point of having a court is so you take the responsibility mm-hmm. of vengeance off of the individual who was wronged. But. um. God, man. Oh, no. I knocked my microphone and it and it threw me off. Uh, oh. <laughs> shoot, where's I freaking going with this? Because I think you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Help yeah. me back. What was I saying? Um, so you're 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 pretty much saying that. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So vengeance. Y- even yeah, though okay. the, the well, court goes through its process, you still have to go through the process of forgiving. Uh, right. There's a, there's a personal growth that you have to continue down yeah it's like you're not free yet and even if justice is served and you don't forgive them you continue to resent them they're still doing damage long after mm-hmm. and i'm not saying this as someone who knows better because there's probably still plenty of grudges i'm still holding i'm just conveniently not thinking of them right now and like i said i've not yeah. had to go through this and keep in mind, we we just we just two boys talking about animes on the internet. Right. We're not really experts on any of this. <laughs> exactly. I I can only uh, read what someone else said and figured out for me, and then yeah, exactly. I I, I can't even like check if they're right or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I just be like, I mean, that sounds good. That, that sounds about correct. Yeah, it's like I can't compare notes, but I can uh, postulate exactly, uh, <laughs> exactly. But everything I just said. You don't even get that chance with suicide. Mm-hmm. Like the court doesn't get to go through the process. There is no uh, scapegoating of vengeance. Mm-hmm. Like, especially in the case of it, if it's like <clears throat> someone who is currently responsible for other people, like I think worst mm-hmm. case, well, oh God, no, it's hard to, it's hard to put a, a hierarchy on that. I'm just thinking it seems particularly bad when like a, f- a father commits suicide yeah. because then those kids are cursed for eternity. Yeah. Those are, those are the broken ones. Yes. Like, like that legacy <laughs> is now like, uh, it, it has a crack in it forever. They can only mm-hmm. learn to live with that crack. Yeah. So, uh, I guess the the whole thing about always help people die surrounded by people. It's don't die alone because it's not. Don't go assuming that your life is your it belongs only to you. Yeah, 
I'm not saying, and I'm not, I'm not saying yeah, if, he's not saying you're somebody's possession, right? No, you, you don't, you're not someone's possession. You certainly don't belong to like any corporation or state you, okay. be, but you belong to your family. At least you, yes. you belong to the people who you are invested in and they're invested in you. So when he says always help people and die surrounded by people, I was like, Man, those are good dying words because yeah. I think he one upped Uncle Ben. Also, um, I, I think I I kind of want to correct something that you just said. Okay, I I would re- instead of saying belong to, I would say you belong with your family. Okay, yeah, I think that's better. Yeah, that works much better. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I think the the assumption of I could be homeless or suicide should be legal. Or, you know, because it's only up to me. It's like, that's incredibly naive. Mm-hmm. Because y- you're you're assuming that this only affects you. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a short-sightedness. <clears throat> and I, I really I really like that we're starting to see... I mean, it, it kind of reminds me, and of course, you know, this is part of the, just the, the shonen, um, you know, kind of path. But... It kind of reminds me of how like reckless Deku was with his power yes. in the first season, and it's like, right, right, no, 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 you are doing irreparable damage. You need to stop. Right, and I like how Recovery Girl said, "I'm just going to stop healing you." Yeah, <laughs> it's just like if you don't quit it, I'm just going to stop. It's going to be permanent because she's like, "You're taking advantage of this. You're taking advantage yeah. of the fact that you can be healed. So I'm going to stop freaking healing you." <laughs> Yeah. Which was the best thing she ever did. Yeah, because he started taking it more seriously. He stopped damaging himself so much. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that that is something a 15, 16-year-old would do. Because mm-hmm. he's like, well, I mean, I got to win, right? And it's like... Eh. Not at any cost. Wait a sec, wait a sec. <laughs> All of this has a cost. Now you, you, you got to sacrifice something. You don't even know what you're sacrificing yet. <laughs> okay. I think we made it. We, we uh, covered that one pretty well. Uh, the thing where Yuji doesn't have any, what would you call? That like he doesn't have any like magical power or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like he has this impressive physical prowess, but as far mm-hmm. as like being a sorcerer, it has to come from uh, Sakana's uh, influence. Right. So. It's and then they have a whole scene that's very much like a scene where Naruto's talking to the Nine Tails, where it's like in his brain, or not. Yes. I say in his brain. It's more in his mind, but in his mind where he's having to confront the beast within him. Mm-hmm. Like this is I very really, tropey. <laughs> I also I also found it a lot of fun though yes, because I really he was like, it. let's fight to the death, and he was like, all right, I can. <laughs> okay i lost it i was like that's one of the funniest scenes i've ever seen in any anime <laughs> he was like uh you know they're kind of having a little tussle back and forth and yuji thinks he's you know he's posing a threat but then uh sakana like makes the wager where he's like all right well if i win <clears throat> then y- you accept the fact that anytime i want control you'll give it to me and you'll forget about this. And then if, mm-hmm. or, or if you win, then, uh, no conditions, th- then no conditions. Then, you know, you can just use my power whenever you want. He's like, yeah, all right, let's go. And then immediately decapitates. Him. 
Ooh, yeah. I also, I was like, well, the show is better now because I like the thing where it's like, you can't control the, the beast within yet. Yeah. It's just going to take control whenever it wants. And then you're just going to have to wait for it to be done. I do like the stipulation where it was like, where he said, you know, I won't kill any or hurt anybody when I'm, you know, when I'm in control. And it's like, well, then what's he up to? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. You're thinking, oh, that's he's given a lot of power away there. He knows something Mm -hmm. we don't. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's also like. That's exciting. I, I like the idea that we don't know what he's up to yet. Uh, yeah. Also, I liked how, like, in in uh, Yuji's mind, he's just a much better dressed version of Yuji. <laughs> it's like, yes, perfect, because he is Yuji's shadow right now. He, he is a yeah. different character. He's, you know, he's a curse. But he also, I mean, he's taken the appearance of Yuji with tattoos and nice clothes. And it's like, he's everything opposite of Yuji is right now. So Yuji yeah. has to like go within and be like, all right, I'm going to let you handle this one, but no killing. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, all right. And it's like, you accepted that too quickly. I'm worried. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's, you know, how uh, I mean, that's just how you grow. This is this seems yeah. like, you know, he, this is a chosen one story, but I, I feel like I said this before. The chosen one story it tends to be the most relatable. Because mm-hmm. you're only going to be going through this kind of thing with yourself, with your own demons. You don't get to fight other people's demons. It's not how it works. So right. this kind of, uh, you know, y- you have this specific monster inside you. It's like, no, that's kind of the most relatable story you can tell. So mm-hmm. I think I it's mean, working. like it worked for Naruto. Exactly. And uh in Naruto, you also kind of get the kind of into the Spider-Verse thing later on when he starts meeting the other people, the uh, other, uh, um, what's the word? I can't remember the word they use. It's, Incarnations? Well, there's the other people with other beasts inside them. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm trying yeah. to remember what they're called. I haven't watched any more of Naruto since we stopped. <laughs> yeah, I know. I should probably do it. I know. I'm just trying to remember the word on my own. I feel like it's with a J. I don't know. I might not remember. (laughs) Jujitsu. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, Anyway, uh, I'm not going to remember it, but uh, the people who know, they they, they know. (laughs) I was just going to say, I think this is uh, really everything to do with like Sakana and Sakana and Yuji and then Yuji and Gojo is Mm -hmm. great. Like, it's mm-hmm. fantastic. And I'm really looking forward to another episode of the show. That being said, I don't know if this show is built. Yeah, I I don't know either. I think right I, now I can say its heart is in the right place, but it might not be that exact genre. Like, I'm probably, yeah. I might end up liking it. I might end up, you know, thinking it's a really good show. But so And you far, might end up liking it for a similar reason. Sure, too. sure. But... Or, or I might just end up liking it for what it is. But so far, I think it was just nice to get a good anime. But I'm, I don't think it's, it's part of the genre so far, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not enough of a focus on kind of bonds between two characters, at least two. Like, mm-hmm. I can't 
I, I'm trying to think of a scenario where there would be a belt, like a, an actual moment where someone has to yeah. like wake somebody up. Yeah, re- reach out and bring someone back from like the edge. And so far, so, I've not, I've not seen it. I've not seen really any so reason to either. Since we don't see it, let's go through the pillars. Okay. Um. So, like, we got the sacrifice and the tragedy. The tragedy, obviously, being you know the death of the grandfather. Well, um, I, see, I don't know about that. Like, because his really? grandfather, okay. his grandfather's death doesn't have anything to do with the story that he's now participating in. It's just kind of something that happens. Uh, but and see, his grandfather I would also died say, old after like living a life, and his grandfather seemed happy that he had left Yuji behind, even though yeah, he but said. I would also he, say that like he, his grandfather was the only person that he like really had, and um, it, if it wasn't for his grandfather's words of like "Don't die alone," you know that, that whole spiel, he wouldn't have hopped the fence and gone into the school and like started this whole thing. Uh, I, I think maybe he would have hopped the fence. I just feel like maybe he wouldn't. He, I mean, cause he already seemed like a really impulsive person. Hmm, okay. I think he would have gone through with it, but I think maybe the, the message, maybe the symbol would be that he, he wouldn't have, like, he wouldn't have come out of it. He wouldn't have survived mm-hmm. like that. That lesson is what helped him survive. So, okay. But, but as far as like, a, a tragedy or something being sacrificed. I mean, his granddad was just kind of old and died from being old. The, mm-hmm. the tragic part might be that he says, you know, uh, th- there's just Yuji here. No one else wants to come see him. Yeah. It's like, don't be like me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. No, I think I'll, I'll, I'll concede that. Cause that does seem to be like one of the central points of the show is to not die mm-hmm. alone. Yeah, but I see the sacrifice. I, I guess the sacrifice would be like part of his free will and swallowing the. Uh, yeah, he accepts um, that responsibility. But when you compare it to something like Gurren Lagann, where mm-hmm. the, it's, the thing there sacri- doesn't feel as cut and dry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's not as cut and dry, though. And like uh, <laughs> something I've noticed about Belt is that it's pretty cut and dry. That's what I tend to yeah. like about it. But you you know it's Bell. <laughs> yeah, it's very straightforward. I mean, Promare mm-hmm. is in your face. Like Promare mm-hmm. is the distilled formula. <clears throat> and like Yuji, if you compare him to someone like Simone, Simone is far more reluctant to kind of get in there in the beginning. Yeah. And then the thing that changes about him is that he starts facing things in spite of what he knows is going to happen or what he knows yeah. could happen. So, I mean, I the second time I'm quoting Tim pool, but Tim pool <laughs> uh, talks about when he sees kids like at the skate park, kind of nervous mm-hmm. about dropping in on a, uh, on a, like a vert, like a, like a ramp or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, don't worry. You're going to fall off and hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, gosh, man, that's a good line. <laughs> Whereas yeah. that's, and that, that actually, that hits real home with me because like, you know, I, I said that I was, I started skateboarding yeah. and it's like, when I first started, I was like, I am going to get bruises. 
I am excited for this. <laughs> yeah. And like, sure enough, you know, like the board will flip up and smack me in the shins and it hurts so bad. But I'm like, mm. yeah, no, it's uh, it's satisfying. Makes you feel mm. alive. Like you're actually doing something. But like, I'm not a masochist, but I like getting hurt. <laughs> well, you like getting hurt for something. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, with like Kill a Kill. She's not willing to kind of <laughs> the symbolism kill a kill is so just God, it's so much fun because it's so <laughs> it's so like, yeah, um, make sure you're not in the room <laughs> if someone doesn't know what's going on. No, make sure no one else is in the room if, yes. if they don't get what this what the point is. But she's not willing to put herself out there. Mm-hmm. She's trying to, you know solve her father's murder and get revenge without actually having having any um skin any, in the game yeah that's the <laughs> <laughs> uh. oh gosh man but it's it's exactly what they meant by it mm-hmm. but yeah like whereas um uh well why am i blanking on her name the leader of the school who uses Junketsu. I can remember its name. Not Natsume? No. No, 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 no. Why am I not... Why, why did you make me I'm blank? Sorry. I'm sorry. I do this. <laughs> do this all the time. Oh, Her. I just had to imagine uh, Ryuko saying it. It's Kiryuin Satsuki! So, yeah. Satsuki. I just, I just kept thinking of the... <laughs> Like her, like, heels. <laughs> yeah, the heels. So Satsuki, when she clarifies, she's like, I'm, you know, she's like the, the respected leader. She doesn't care mm-hmm. about having skin in the game. She's like putting yeah. herself right. It's like, okay, are these the terms of the fight? Is this how I get power? Then so mm-hmm. be it. <clears throat> Whereas uh, Ryuko, her whole thing is, I don't want to risk anything. I, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to maybe get hurt. Right. Uh, and then, you know, Simone is kind of a coward at the beginning of Gurren Lagann. Uh With Promare, <clears throat> it feels like Leo doesn't want to sacrifice anything. Mm-hmm. Leo is the one who's trying to save all of his people, and he's not going to even suffer uh, uh, letting anyone else get involved, like anyone who yeah. isn't a burnish. And then... You know, of course, uh, Gallo is kind of just got his head, head in the clouds about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. His, his character development, ironically, despite his design, doesn't feel like it's in like, like Leo has more in common with Ryuko or Simone. Mm-hmm. Like Leo is is the trigger uh, protagonist, even though he kind of starts off as the antihero. But yeah, <clears throat> it feels like. And I guess I should try to compare this to some of the other stuff we've said is belt. Uh, where the there's, there's someone, one of the main characters is reluctant to kind of to kind of become who who they're supposed to be. Like, like I don't want to give up my childhood, which you know, first Gridman. Gridman. Okay. So yeah, she, the, the 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 villain of Gridman. Well, the the, prota- the main character. Shut up. We everyone knows what you mean. <laughs> like, yeah, she's unwilling to go outside of her bubble, mm-hmm. even though she has all of this potential. 
Yuji seems like he can't freaking wait. So maybe <clears throat> maybe it's a situation where if Megumi becomes a more prominent character, that's going to be kind of the bromance and kind of the, the balance there, where mm-hmm. Megumi is going to be the one who is afraid to push himself, and Yuji is the one that kind of pulls him along. Yeah. But Megumi seems like, at best, a background character who's just used for punchlines right now. Like, he has some good moments, especially in the uh, the detention center. Mm-hmm. He had, like, some good, I guess, moments of combat. But I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like it's alluding to that kind of story happening. But see, I... I, I kind of want it, or I mean, like, what you just described was the dynamic between Lamillion and Sun Eater. That's true, yeah. And I really want that dynamic. Yeah, because that's a glorious dynamic, I freaking love it. Like, that's textbook. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I want. Uh, but right now, yeah, Yuji is very much a Lamillion right now. Mm-hmm. Uh. It, but but we didn't see him get there either, just like with Lamillion. Like, Lamillion, we're kind of getting, this is his personality. He's already here. It's yeah. the getting there. Like, grown-up Simone, that you want to see him becoming the grown-up Simone, where he's like, all right, we're going in. But yes. but that hasn't happened, and that's, that's the story I like. Yuji's already there. Yuji's story is going to be different. His is kind of about pulling back. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, I like it. It's good, but uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's part of that genre. At least not yet. Um, not, yeah. Nothing has nothing has spurred us into thinking that it is right. So what are the other pillars? Uh, so we also have <laughs> the potential and, um, you know, fighting for tomorrow. Which mm. I mean, I feel like this character... is fighting for the status quo, which I'm not going to say is a bad thing. But they mm-hmm. do kind of feel like they're guardians keeping things in place. Whereas, yeah. ironically, it feels like the curses are fighting for tomorrow. These yes. specific ones that just revealed themselves. where they're like, we're the true humanity. We're the ones being oppressed. So we're going to exterminate the existing humanity. Of course, you know, they get that part wrong. But <laughs> Right. I, I, I like the way that they said, like, um, you know, all the positive emotions of humanity have like a have a dark side to them mm-hmm. but all the negative motion emotions are allowed to run kind of rampant now listen this sounds like the opposite of Gurren Lagann where Gurren Lagann was pushing humanity's ambitions and dreams underground mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. but this is in a situation you know a, a kind of modern cosmopolitan urban society where it's like no be happy all the time push all that that uh, remorse down Push those regrets mm. down. No one regrets mm-hmm. here. <clears throat> and that's what makes the curses stronger. That was what makes them erupt. Yeah. So it feels like the opposite. I guess. Then again, yeah. in the case of uh, Promare, it's kind of like they are kind of pushing, they're pushing the edge out in the beginning. But then at the end, it is, you know, Humanity's urge to save everyone is going to destroy it, even though the ambition you're you're using this ambition to do amazing things. By the way, you just use it to save people. <laughs> so yeah, in the end, Promare is exactly built. Where it's like, yes. no, no, you're thinking humanity's bad. Whereas 
this is kind of saying uh, people aren't giving the devil their the devil is due. They're kind of pushing all the negative emotions away, so mm-hmm. they're going they're boiling up. Which I mean, that dude's a volcano. Uh, and the other one we've seen is uh, nature. He's mm. he's nature coming back and stripping the will to fight. Yeah. So it's kind of like a mirrored version of Belt. Yeah, because I was just thinking about like, uh, you know, Promare. It was like the when people are combusting, it's like they're keeping everything boiled down or uh, or sorry, uh, kind of repressed and that it's just kind of exploding out. Yeah. And Leo's saying, no, we have to burn. Yeah, we have to burn through all of this. Uh, but, it, you know, it, it's the villains. It's flipped. Yeah, it's mirrored. OK. Well, maybe this could be maybe maybe if things start going a little differently or, you know, if they just continue where they're going and, and I'm surprised. Maybe this is just kind of like a, a, a flipped version, which we, we ran into that before, it, but it was in a different way. It what might it? it might have been um, Captain Earth where it was talking about uh, <clears throat> kind of the villain of Captain Earth was the opposite of the anti-spiral. He was one that wanted you to give in to all of the, the urges and the ambition. Yeah, but then we found out that Captain Earth was was just a rewrite of Gurren Lagann for, in order for to save me. Yes. <laughs> yes. But the, but the villain was, uh, was the opposite. Like yeah. he was the opposite of an anti-spiral. His was kind of, uh, fully embracing the kind of hot blooded, uh, masculine, like what was his name? Puck. Yeah. That AI who became mm-hmm. human and then became obsessed with it. The kind of idea of yeah. life, but he's like, but I am immortal. So I don't, he's like, I get to live without dying out. And it's like, no, you don't. That's not how it works. Yes. <laughs> it's like, and they established that it's like, he doesn't know how to burn because he's not risking death as far as he knows. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> then they, uh, then the ending happens. <clears throat> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Captain Earth was kind of a, a different angle. They kind of took the same recipe, but changed like the the uh you wouldn't change the meat cuz the main characters very much were very similar and had similar right. motivations but uh the villain was the opposite of an anti-spiral like he he wanted you to he wanted to spiral out of control and kind of take everything with him yeah. uh but this like a black hole yes exactly so this maybe this is doing something similar and i just haven't noticed it yet yeah where I it, I'm down to keep to keep watching and yeah, keep totally. discussing it on here because it, it is it is good it's it's definitely quality yes it's uh, got some it's got some things that make me a little nervous yeah a little little queasy yeah but uh, I Was just that hope it doesn't go full edge lord yeah oh me too. no God, uh, suck. so it um we also have uh let's see we've done. Uh, tragedy, sacrifice, potential, um, legacy. Well, as far as potential, with um, Yuji, his potential mm-hmm. seems to be seems to have been he was running from uh, doing something that would like show off his physicality. He kind of wanted to be a little mediocre, just to kind mm-hmm. of coast through life. But mm-hmm. now, what's being asked of him is not 
doesn't have to do with his physicality so much. He's kind of having to take on uh, more of Sakana in order to be powerful enough to go down this other path, which I think is yeah. kind of confusing. Where it's like, uh, you almost think the story is going to be him accepting himself as he is and pursuing what he knows he's good at. Because hmm. like he didn't want to pursue that because I don't know that, you know, that's a character archetype where it's like, I don't want to do the thing I'm good at just because you expect me to. But yeah, now it's kind of it, in the first episode, it becomes something totally different. Like maybe that was just like a um, what would you call that? <clears throat> a red herring. Because <clears throat> hmm. now he's focused on, you know, pushing himself in an area that he's uh not only not good at, but not even particularly gifted. Yeah. Even though, well, they do say his physicality is what keeps Sakana at bay. Maybe. Actually, I'm not sure about that. I think that was just a hypothesis, but now they're kind of finding out. Yeah, I think that was just a hypothesis. Yeah, I think they're finding out that it's something about his personality is keeping Sakana in check. Also, um, I just wanted to mention real quick while we were talking about, you know, him pushing himself, uh, the, the scene where he's like, it was pretty much like a Mr. Miyagi thing where he's like doing something unassuming to learn. Oh, yeah. oh it was uh, very, I, very Mr. Miyagi. I really loved the way that they like did that. Like, it's just yeah, it it was felt clever really fresh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you, ha- you have to watch the movie and be focused. But <laughs> but at the same time, you know, like <laughs> feeding all of the emotion into a uh, a steady stream of what was it the the curse energy? Yeah, because it was like is the the little monster is it an enchanted doll? They they kept calling it like a, a something corpse, but it's yeah, it's just a yeah. plush doll that the pe- principal has like imbued with a curse. Yeah, <laughs> which is just like what, what? do y'all do around here? <laughs> Yeah, no, but that was the, fun. Uh, I liked it. I liked the yeah. uh, uh, the conceit of that. And the the knockoff uh, Lord of the Rings <laughs> that they were watching seemed a little gayer than I remember the original. <laughs> <laughs> like, ooh, Sam and Frodo, they're very fond of each other in that one. <laughs> uh, what was what was the 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 last pillar? Uh, the last one being collaboration. Or le- legacy and collaboration. I think we already talked about legacy. Did yeah, we, we? T- yeah, we talked about... Wait, did we? I think we did. Mm, I think it was wrapped up in the conversation I mean, about, about the, the grandfather. Grandpa- and grandfather, like, yeah. yeah. So we've, we've kind of already hit legacy. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not sure if there's much about about uh, collaboration versus... Or cooperation versus coercion. In fact, yeah. I, don't, I, mean, uh. I haven't really seen it. Yeah, the, the only message time that doesn't I can seem really... like it's going to be humanity must be able to work together in order to keep the curses from overtaking them. I don't know. I've not seen I've not seen a shred of that. Yeah, the only time that I can really <laughs> say that we've seen co- uh, cooperation is when they were doing the training drill in the um, in that building. Um, yeah. But even then, it was really just Yuji kind of steamrolling. <laughs> right. And kind of um, introducing Yuji to this new character who has since taken a complete backseat. Oh, it's so scattered. Yes. 
Yeah, I, 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 but I do think that this upcoming the tournament arc, uh, when they're doing the the three man team, I think that's yeah. going to be like when we see a, a sure, sure. cooperation take a front seat. But the the villain doesn't <clears throat> seem to be concerned with forcing people to work for them. They're just kind of gonna exterminate them. In fact, the villains are cooperating with each other. Yes. So it is just a, it's like a, a dark mirror. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's all messy. It's yeah. messy on the pillars. <laughs> the future is unclear. Please shake again. We, we cooking without flour right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please shake it. I just got what you said. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I mean, I want to continue watching it and we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to say, so far, doesn't seem like it's part of that same genre. But, I mean, it could still be good. And, I mean, I reserve the right to uh, decide that we can talk about those because there's nothing freaking else to watch. Yeah. And do we, want to, um, do we do we want to say, like, hey, if we don't see, like, something promising within, like, a certain amount of episodes, then we'll just say, like, hey, it's probably a good show, but it's not built. Yeah, we like, do, do we want to give that a what, what, what would you say would be a, a solid limit? Like how many episodes would you say? Well, I don't know, because I feel like <clears throat> in uh, Gridman, it didn't become clear until a good ways in. That's true. And when it I mean, well, I, I say become clear. I did make a pretty banging prediction you about where did. it was going. You, it counted for nothing because the show was already out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I did. And of course I can't show the receipts of, no, I didn't look at the synopsis on Wikipedia. Right. Yeah, exactly. I can't show that. I swear. I swear I didn't. I swear. I actually just saw it go that way, but um, it did take a long time. Before it yeah, showed it was it was a good. I mean, like it's a twelve episode show, and it was like around episode nine that we were like, mm-hmm. "Okay, this is it." It's like, "Oh my god, it <clears> is! <throat> it's right yeah. on there." So and that's uh, like three quarters <clears throat> the way through, and I don't know if we're willing to stick it out to episode like eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, no, I th- I think we would have to know before then. But God, man, who knows? Maybe maybe it'll maybe it'll change our mind. But maybe how about let's say. Let's just say halfway. Let's say okay. episode yeah. 12, if it seems like it's definitely just a different genre, like it's just a different mm-hmm. story that it's telling, it, it might be clear by then. And it, if yeah. we can, if we finish it and it turns out it was, then hey, we'll come back to it. We'll, and, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll cover it in like a beach episode or something. Totally. And, and the, if you see that one show up, it's like, <laughs> oh, well, looky there. <laughs> Guess they were wrong. And thank goodness. Yeah. Because I mean, at this point, it would be it would be wild to see it make it to that point. Mm-hmm. If it was good, I mean, you could definitely get it there in very contrived ways, and it be unsatisfying. So, right, it becoming that genre doesn't mean the show got better. It might actually totally go down the toilet, and this is them salvaging it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we'll see, and uh, we'll we'll do an episode. If it calls for it, uh, if it doesn't kind of turn into that before episode 12. So yeah. that means we've got. Uh, About five, five episodes left, five more weeks of giving it a shot. I mean, it can also until totally we find tank. concrete evidence. You're, yeah. Yes. It can also turn mm. into a five, four season two where it's like mm. this cannot be saved. But uh, yeah, <clears throat> rest in peace, fire force. 
Rip. You had a great first season. I don't know why you got canceled after the first season. <laughs> Ripperoni and pastrami. <laughs> I guess, uh, I mean, that's just how it goes sometimes. Can't, can't wait for Dr. Stone, though. Goodness gracious. Uh, I, I could not be more ready. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I, the world needs Dr. Stone right now. Dude, I was so freaking pissed. <laughs> I saw uh, that Dr. Stone had an update on um mm. on something and i was like what what is this and it was just that kind of preview episode thing and i was like dang it <laughs> which which did, did have a lot more than just like a recap in it which i was it did um, and we talked about was, it so yeah yeah but also that freaking snickers commercial <laughs> that was uh ooh, that was that was goofy <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it exists, though. I'm just gonna, I'm yes. gonna say that. I'm, I'm glad it's there. <laughs> oh, that what it, that's what it was. It was a um, the preview showed up on Funimation, so like the dub version is out, mm, and it was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, dang it. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if they're gonna do a dub simulcast. If Funimation I is, is freaking already doubt up. it. <laughs> uh, they seem uh, very very unable to. Oh yeah, keep that's up true. With the simulcasts right now. <laughs> that's so. true. I forgot about their ineptness when it came to simulcasts and e- dubs. And yeah, <laughs> e- even if they say they do, I, I doubt it's gonna uh, come together and stay consistent. I mean, I'm gonna watch the sub. So, like, we've been lucky that after like a six month hiatus, listeners is getting weekly yeah. dub updates. Yeah, that was so, crazy. Who knows how long that'll last? If it it'll. If, if it lasts to the end of the show, that's fantastic. If it doesn't, that's almost expected at this point. <laughs> yes, <Sorry>. exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> but, uh, yeah. Uh, are we Are we all? We got it there. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I said what my uh, battle cry and my pop-off was. Yeah, I, I think we're good. I mean, I don't have anything else to say. I think we... Jobs are good and simple as. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess They're we'll fun. see you all next time. Yeah, they're fun shows. Go go watch them. I, Listeners is is good. I I would say Jujutsu Kaisen. I wish its execution and budget w- was in listeners. Mm, yes, I wish that the listeners show didn't have the uh, the freaking kind of goofy awkward CG robot fights. Yes, I understand. Like, I, get it. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, but I wish it was better. Yes, <laughs> but yeah. The I mean, music is banging, yes, though. Yes, God, man, the music was so good in this last one. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. We good. Yeah. Yeah. Guess we'll see y'all next time. Go Beyond Plus Ultra. All, all that bye. stuff. <laughs> you just say bye now. You just, <laughs> you just reserved yourself. Don't be afraid. No, we, we killed that nah, one. No, we couldn't. We couldn't get it to work because they're like, it's just plagiarism. We just uh, plagiarized yeah. David Goggins. But, yeah.
して転んで消えないたみだいては世界が待ってるこの一瞬を感情ぐらいで配り半順々に従った結果の罰視線確かない愛に上気声も出せないまま悪物な誓いのなきやきやこあるじつつなぎなくの果てまでも極楽を上限実現てないで命を投げ出さないでうちのもさに浸ってどんな顔すればいいかわからないよ今はただ答えてくれよ目の前の捨ててから逃げることさえやめたイメージを繰り返し想像の先を行けた闇を払って闇を払って夜の隣に降りたらライブだ愛着線回る感情線誰事などは飽きしていけたまだ止めないでまだ止めない